experience, capability and track record. The Paris Statel is responding to the DA's call for a complete overhaul of the recruitment policies and procedures of the SA Airways following allegations that SAA acting uh, Chief Executive Nico Bezedinot lied about his qualifications. It says, in the opinion of the board, the tertiary studies that Mr. Bezedinot has completed, although incomplete, provide sufficient grounding. SAA adds that his performance track record exceeds that of a number of previous and highly qualified airline CEOs. We're now joined in the studio by SAA's acting CEO, Nicole Bezedinot. A very good evening to you and uh, thank you for taking the time to speak to us. Good evening. Thank you very much. In your mind, what exactly happened? Were your qualifications misrepresented? Were they misunderstood? And is it a big deal? Uh, the specific statement and accusation made against me by Ms. Michael is that I falsified information on my CV. Now, that as a factual statement is incorrect. Um, my CV has remained unchanged. My CV was submitted to SA. Um, In 2001, I did not apply for a job at SA. I was approached by SA. Mm -hmm. Um, Since 2006, my CV is a matter of public record, deposited with the DOT um, as CEO of of an airline. And um, I've evidenced this fact through to Ms. Michael in a correspondence to her yesterday, clearly indicating a consistent provision of information from my side into SA. Um, To the extent that SA, in in their annual report two years ago, uh, had incorrect information, um, that that's the, that position was clarified by SA last year in a public statement on the 8th of 8th of March, um, and factually the error occurred um, within SA, a company who I was not associated at that point. I was not an executive of SA. I have been the CEO of Mango. Um, Mango has been a profitable airline as the only profitable state-owned carrier. Mm. Mr. Bezadino, before we get to that, uh, we'll get to the issue of your track record in just a moment. As you say, SAA admitted that uh, they were wrong to state that you had a BCom in transport economics and industrial psychology as well as an MBA. But uh, to your mind, was it a big deal? Because as you say, you never misrepresented the facts. You never at any point said, these are the qualifications that I have. You were approached by SAA. In fact, uh, what your spokesperson said, at t- at a time when it was business unusual, you were chosen to head up uh, the uh, parastatal. Did you think it was a big deal that people are, are going on about your qualifications? Do you believe that what you've done and what you offer should have been good enough in the first place? I think that to the extent that um, South Africans are upset about um, understanding that I lied about my qualifications, of course that's a big deal. It's a big deal if people lie about their qualifications. I have actually not done that. Mm -hmm. But do you think the issue of academic qualifications for somebody in your job is a big deal? It it, it depends. Um, I think that it uh, differs differs on a person-by-person and industry-by-industry basis. Um, there's ample examples of people, um, very successful, who have no tertiary education. If you look at uh, Richard Brans- Branson, Henry Ford, there's there's a, a plethora out there, out there. At the same extent, though, I do not want to underplay uh, the importance of mm-hmm. getting a good academic grounding. It, I do think, though, it's a different equation when you're a fresh school leaver versus when you're 38 years old, um, later on in your career, and um, hard experience and proven delivery um, is, in my opinion, in that case, a, a good substitute for... And for you believe you qualify in the latter of that category, that you've proven yourself beyond a point where somebody says, I need to see that you have a BCom degree or a degree of any sort? 
Well, it's, it's obviously my opinion that um, I am more effective in terms of being active in my workplace environment than from an academic standpoint um, completing the taxation course that I'm outstanding or submitting my thesis. I did study. I do have an academic grounding. I do not have the qualification in paper to, to um, uh, as, as substantiation, um, but I do have uh, experience in proven, proven delivery. I, I want us to get to the substantive issues in just a moment, but I want you to tell me what your thoughts are on this because um, the allegations have been that you're the second high-ranking official after Dudumieni to misrepresent your qualifications. We've cleared that up. But the issue of qualifications and leadership is a very important one for staff to respect you, to trust your vision and uh, the implementation of that vision. Do you believe this has damaged that, this has um, in any way tarnished your credibility, undermined your credibility? I do not believe um, the fact that I did not have an academic qualification when appointed at Mango in 2006 has had any effect. Um, My staff, uh, the shareholder, my board, uh, everybody that I'm involved in has always known that I do not have a degree and have always given me support. What does take away from support and respect for me um, and my credibility is false accusations about me lying or manipulating information. Okay. Now, let's get to what you believe the issues are at SAA. I mean... uh uh, there was talk of a bailout for SAA earlier on, and th- there were very clear indications from the minister that that is not something that they want to entertain. But uh, there are severe pressures, and you are saying you're talking about a 90-day rescue plan. Am I correct? Yes, that's, that is correct. Um, it's public record that SAA applied for additional guarantees um, earlier in the year in order to ensure that it uh, retains its going concern status. Um, that has, of course, affected SA's ability to um, uh, hold its AGM. That's all a matter of public record. And yes, you are correct that uh, the government stated clearly that there will be no capital injection into SA. SA has not received a capital injection since 2007. Um, it has, however, received guarantees. And based on the strength of those guarantees, the company has gone out and raised additional debt. And that is, again, the current request. It is reasonable for the government to turn around and state that they will not provide even additional guarantees in the absence of a clear plan that shows how SA can, in the very short term, return to uh, the the long-term strategy that it had approved last year and and get back on track. Allow me to interrupt you and say, if we're talking about uh, in a short time and also talking about a turnaround strategy, we know that for years there have been turnaround strategies that have been presented and published that have not been implemented. And if you're going to say you are going to transform effectively in a short period, how likely is that and and how substantive is that um, sustainable is that one has to be realistic in terms of what you can achieve in a very short space of time but uh, the operative point that you that you raised is the the fact that there's been consistent there's been strategy before but implementation has failed and unfortunately we're again dealing with that exact same scenario there's no there's not necessarily a requirement for a complete strategic overall of essay there's a basic requirement for doing the basic steps right, doing our jobs, implementing the steps as required. So the 90-day plan is very pragmatic in its approach. It's very clear. There's six steps to it. First step is uh, obtain the going concern guarantee to ensure that we maintain solvency and liquidity. The second step is uh, concrete actions. There's about six of them. And that results in, uh, on a fully annualized basis, 1.3 billion rands of, of, of cost savings and, and revenue enhancements. Um, these are tangible interventions 
um, that have been clearly quantified. Um, step three is to review the capital structure of the business. SA is very highly geared. Um, its interest burden is in the order of 400 to 500 million rand per annum, because as I stated earlier, it's a misconception that SA has been bailed out in the last number of years. SA has received government guarantees and they've then gone to the open market and raised debt. But so it's also operated at a loss at some point. No, of course, it's operated as, at a loss for, for quite some time. Um, there's a number of factors that contribute to those losses. Some of them pertain to internal management. Some of them pertain to the dual mandate that SA fulfills. SA operates a number of strategic routes for the country that in the hands of the airline does not make money, but in the hands of the country makes a substantial economic contribution. As a case in point, for example, operating services between Beijing and, and, and Johannesburg, China accounts for in excess of 14, 14% of trade and tourism to this country. However, in the hands of SA, the route itself generates losses. Now, I want to talk about those uh, external factors because you are operating in a highly competitive uh, market, also uh, high fuel costs and other pressures. And you spoke earlier on about your successes at Mango. Mango, as much as it's a low-cost area, some would, would, would challenge whether or not it is effective as a low-cost uh, carrier. But you are absolutely right in saying it, it operated profitably, my question is, what strategy then are you looking at for SAA, given the conditions that I've just mentioned? Well, there's, there's a couple of things. As, as, 